Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hello. Hello, sorry, I moved the microphone right when you, you started talking. You just started talking. Well, you what never know, you I never doing? know when you're going to start. Well, you said, it, you said you're ready, so I took that well, as being Yeah, but okay. when I'm ready and when you actually get it together. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. just saying, surprise. How are you? I'm okay. We're in the kitchen. We're actually in the kitchen today and it smells fantastic. Yeah, it was... I must say, there's a... Celeriac, chicken s- stock. Roasted celeriac yeah. sitting next to us in little bundles. Yeah. Tin foil. Chicken stock and some bread proving. It's all happening. It is all happening, which is why I thought this would be good to do it in here. I think uh, it was actually your idea, but idea. anyway, I, like I, I did agree. <laughs> the good ones. That's me, you know. Um, during the week, we were talking about soup. Correct. And I was going home, we were talking about celeriac, and I was going home, I had one, and I was going to make some soup out of it. And you gave me a, a couple of tips I don't know that you asked for them, but I just provided them well, anyway. I always, any, any, uh, <laughs> any sort of light that you can shed. So I make a, so the basic recipe that I start with has been for a while taking some onion and leek, cooking it off in a little bit of oil, and then cutting into cubes celeriac, which is quite difficult sometimes because they're quite firm, mm. and cutting them into little cubes putting those in with the onion and leek and putting in about half a cup of water just to get the celery out cooking a bit. And then once that's really softened, so in about sort of 20 minutes, I throw in a bung of stock, a whole lot of celery, and because I've normally got celery left over, so I put everything in. And I bring all that to the boil and then when it's been cooking a while and the celery is soft and um, the celery acts good, I then throw in about a cup maybe you know 250 grams of peas mm. just before I finish it off and then I blitz the crap out of it <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the technical cooking term for all those listening at home <laughs> well it doesn't it doesn't look that appetizing when it's just sort of bits of you know random veggies floating but it does come up a nice green color and it is very tasty so you had the suggestion of I don't know which one you had the suggestion of adding a little making a sort of a I forget what you called it. Go it was, on. No, I can't. You can try. I can't try. But it was making a roux out of a bit there of... There um, No, but you had another phrase for it. It started with B. Yeah. I don't know that word. But that's that comes after you've made the roux. Oh, okay. So I had a little bit of... After I put the onion in, and you didn't say leek, so I left the leek out. After I cooked the leek, after the, the onion, I put in a little bit of butter, a little bit of flour, cooked it out a bit, and then I added my stock... A little bit to sort of get it all off the bottom of the pan and when it was all dissolved added the rest of the stock brought it to the boil threw in my grated not cut grated celery egg mm-hmm. with my celery and brought it back to the boil cooked it for a little while and added the peas mm-hmm. then blitz the crap out of it <laughs> yep there's that term again yes and well, it was interesting because when I cooked it before, a celeriac is quite big. Yeah. And even cutting it into cubes, it takes up a fair bit of space. But it cooks, as you said, it co- there's a lot of water in those veggies. And it doesn't take much to get it sort of cooking and, you know, so starting to really kind of... With half a cup of water, it does a lot for the, the, yeah. the veggies that were in the pan. When I grated it, it was like the celeriac had become three times as big Mm -hmm. and so I had this great mass 
to put in. So, and I brought the stock back to boil, up to boil, the whole litre. And I put this great swack of grated celeriac in and I thought, I'm going to need more stock. Because it, it was just, it just didn't, yeah. it looked like it wasn't going to cope mm-hmm. with that sort of level of moisture. Mm-hmm. So I, I did add half a cup okay. of stock, of, of extra stock. Yeah. And then I sort of let it bring back to the ball and cook it for a while. And then I added the peas. So it was quite a different texture. It okay. was much easier, much easier to blitz with my stab mixer. Okay, right. Stand mixer. I didn't know you were doing it in a... What, what did you blend it in? My stab, you know, the, oh, okay, yeah. the kitchen stab, stab kitchen, mix, kitchen mixer. KitchenAid stab right. mixer. Yeah. Stand mixer. Stab. Stab, stab oh, mixer. Oh, is it? It's called a stab mixer? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I just, you know, so it was much easier. And I don't mind it a little bit sort of rough yeah. in the soup. I don't want it to be perfectly pureed and smooth. I like that kind of texture. Mm-hmm. But it was just different. It, I was really surprised at how the volume of the celeriac had just increased so much. Yeah. So and there's did, a couple of did, reasons uh, to do that. Scare me about how much moisture was really mm. in there and how much it needed. Yeah. Which is why you, I know you, you can't see this. Lucky we don't film this, but there was a very you know sort of skeptical look on Paul's face as to why I needed to add more liquid. Yeah. Which I'm sure you're. Okay, so a couple of things explain. to unpack there. So the idea behind behind you have essentially very little if any starch okay so potatoes are often used in soups for a starch which kind of gives you that thickening Mm -hmm. effect which is why i said to you a scant tablespoon of plain flour and that's essentially how you make a velouté right a velouté is a chicken stock based bechamel sauce right essentially and it can be fish stock and it can be anything but a velouté is you make a roux and you add stock rather than milk in the case of a bechamel sauce now what i've found over time is that by adding that even if you are using potatoes and making a start and have some starch in there what i found is it gives you a nice viscous texture at the end now i like my soups fully pureed and blended so one thing there is I don't use a stab mixer because they don't blend properly. So I use a blender, like big powerful blender for my soups. And what you'll also find is, is that breaks things down and it will help you thicken your soup. So quite often, and I think we did a recipe, I can't remember, but if you're making a pumpkin soup, one of the best ways to do it is roast your pumpkin. And all we're doing there is cooking some of the moisture out of it because if you put pumpkin in a pot with liquid stock water coconut milk or anything you are just increasing the liquid level you're not actually um, increasing the flavor of the soup that you're making you're actually diluting it so roasting it you reduce some of that moisture and you get a bit more of a pure flavor from your pumpkin soup if that's what you're making now the idea behind adding the flour in your scenario with celery arc and leek and onion and whatever else you put in there there's no starch so it was to thicken it a little i was making the assumption that you were going to blend it not stab blend it but whatever no, it doesn't a, matter. i actually don't have a blender and no i think i broke our last one <laughs> <laughs> um and now the other reason for grating it is the longer you cook a vegetable in stock I think, now it might be wrong, but I actually think you start cooking the flavour out of it. 
So the reason behind grading it, and I take it from almost like doing a puree type situation. So if you're going to make a puree to do, you know, like a parsnip puree or juice or artichoke puree or whatever puree, um, when I make my purees, I grate the vegetable. Now, there's two reasons for that. One, it's easier to blend. The other is, is you can balance out the amount of liquid that you need but the third one, which is one of the most important ones for me in the case of making a puree, is that you keep its flavour because it doesn't cook as long and it cooks faster. So, and the, hmm. it cooks faster, but it also keeps its colour as well. So, when I think of celery ac soup, I think of something white, like white, white. Now, you're adding peas, okay, it changes things. But I like grating because you get the moisture out quicker. Okay, so while you added more moisture, what you should have let it do was just let it go. Um, and you would have seen that that celery act, that big pile of celery act would have shrunk pretty quickly. Once the bottom layer starts getting up to temp and starts cooking and boiling, if you just gave it a quick stir, it would have come back to. So I'm imagining and I'm guessing here, although you added flour, it was probably a little bit thinner than your soup traditionally. Yes. Yeah, it's because yeah. you added that extra stock, which wasn't necessary. It's just that you got caught out by the volume of vegetable that you saw and you thought you needed more, but you didn't give it a chance to actually come up to temp. So the reason for grating is it cooks faster, which I think is better for the vegetable because you get the purity of flavour from it, but it keeps the colour. So if you were just making a straight celery soup, I would say you either go this path and roast it first or you grate it and do what you did, um, but blend it. And it, I just think you get a purity of flavour and better colour from it. But that's only my... Look, a lot of cooking is just about theory, right? Like, that's my experience with making soups. I like them super silky smooth and I think that addition of a little tablespoon of flour gives you that viscosity. Like, it's almost... It's not quite tacky, but it sticks to the spoon a little bit, if you like, even though you, yeah. you know what I mean? It still like, did that. I like that. It was, yeah, I did put. And for anyone making pea soups, it's really important, especially if you're using stock. Depends on the stock that you use. I'm not imagining that Linda McGowan's making her own not, not fresh at the moment. stock. No, but, and we've talked about packaging yes. and stocks and look, they're convenient yeah, no, and fine and whatever. Um, so you've got to check if they've got acidic um, parts within the stock. So if there's citric acid added, if there's vinegar vinegar added, lemon juice, whatever, you want to avoid, especially for green things, you want to avoid acids. Because what it'll do is it'll send that, any green things, that muck, sort of dark colour. So especially peas, like peas are a famous one. Um, Whenever you're doing a pea puree, a pea stock, a pea soup, a pea whatever, Try and keep acids away from it. If you keep acids away from it, then it'll stay nice and vibrant green. Just because you also add peas as well. And so if they cook too long and it's got acid in it, that's when you get that murky green colour rather than that vibrant green colour. That's from the acids. And salt as well. So when you're using, when I do peas, salt. And the other trick with peas also, just while we're on peas, Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking about it, is... Quite often if you're making a pea soup and you don't mind your soups a little bit chunky, well, not chunky, but But maybe not fully blended and pureed. But if you do like a super pureed soup with fresh peas or if you're making a pie floater or whatever, um, 
when you're making that pea soup, a little pinch of bicarb will help break down the outer layer of the pea, so you get a super silky smooth texture. Now, bicarb um, probably is some sort has some sort of acid in it, so you only just add it when you're blending. But it'll keep its nice vibrant colour and it'll help break down that sort of outer skin of the pea, if you like. Can you just explain to everybody what a pie floater? Oh, pie might floater. Be? Well, it's not really famous here in Melbourne, no. also in Sydney, I think, and maybe South Australia. Mm. I don't know. So a pie floater is essentially a and a, the UK. Oh, in the UK, yeah. a beef pie, so a meat pie, um, in, in pastry, short crust pastry, yeah, yeah. so bottom and top, um, and it sits on a very thick pea soup, if you like. Yes. And it's very old school, is my I've never understood it. My dad used to yeah. love them. Yeah, I, it's but kind of I old. have and never I, understood. I actually saw, like, quite a few months ago on uh, Maggie Beer's show, they were making a pie floater. Okay. And people put tomato well, sauce in, on it as well. Too. They're in Adelaide. They're in yeah. South Australia. So, yeah. But, yeah, like, maybe that's a recipe we should do, actually, is a pie floater. Yeah, I've never... I mean, I, I love pie, a good pie, and yeah. peas, Yeah. which would seem to go well together. But putting a pie on a bed of... Mushy peas. Yeah, mushy peas they call it, don't they? Yeah, because they're not. They're not. It's not a soup, but it's not a puree. No, and it's not a. It's it's a hot. It's mushy. Mushy pea concoction. Yeah, but you put your pie on top. But you put your pie on top and go for it. Oh yeah, I don't know where it comes from. I have no idea about it. But okay, so that's a pie floater. Just when you said salt, I thought, oh, that's the other thing I forgot. As soon as I'd finished and I'd and I'd blended it with my stab blender and I was letting it cool down I remembered that I hadn't seasoned it at all in the all other the thing kerfuffle, you can do, I hadn't yeah. seasoned it and I realised that as well after I thought oh. the other thing you can do if you want your soup to be a little bit more unctuous is you can when you are blending it just drop in I don't know it depends on the volume but just drop in a, a few cubes at a time of cold diced butter um, and rather than melt it, it will sort of emulsify with your stock. So it'll give you that more sort of unctuous. Um, mm-hmm. And alternative to that, if you want to go to the next sort of level up, you can make yourself some brown butter and pour your brown butter in while you're blending and get it emulsified and you get that nice nutty flavour through your soup as well, which is really good for like a pumpkin soup. So, yeah, but celery ac- the question, I suppose, is is there a preferred method? I think I would definitely grate it again. Okay. And because it did cook in a lot, lot quicker. Yeah. And now that I know, I mean, it did sort of, I was watching the water levels and it did stay fairly high, but I, I was just sort of watching it while I, I was actually cooking dinner and it was my turn last night and um, Dougie wasn't all that well. And I thought, well, I'm doing, putting that in the oven, in the steam oven and cooking the chicken that I was making. I thought, oh, I'll just quickly whip up this soup. And it's because it's that quick. It's that quick to make. Grating took a lot longer than cutting. Yeah. And uh, bloody hell, those celerax can be a bit tough yeah. as you're getting down. But it well, was, I mean, I was look, grating. you can cut it, but all no, no, was but it, was, to, yeah. it was It was just this volume just kept getting higher and I thought, oh, 
hope it fits in the pot. But it was um, all went in. It was all good, mm. and it was really nice. At the end of it, we tasted it, and uh, it was very nice. Even though it didn't have any salt. It, well, I did note, and I thought, oh, damn. So I've got some for lunch today. Okay, good. But I will be putting in a little bit of salt and pepper. But it was really good, so I think I will maintain the grating and the... And I'll see what it's like next time I make it. Because each soup, every time you use the same ingredients, it comes out a little bit different anyway. Yeah, and another good one for that would be, if you want to sort of change it a little bit, is just go get some really good quality pancetta. Oh, yeah. Well, that adds... Doug makes a fantastic potato and pancetta soup. And it is my favourite soup. Yeah. One of my favourites is like the sort of New England clam chowder. Oh, well, that's... that's... that's, that is amazing. Yeah. No, no, that is with a little lobster roll on the side. Hello. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun day. That is a very good day. And what are you going to do with your celery axe here, Mr. Mouncy? You've got four of them? Yeah. Uh, so they'll get, once they're cool enough to handle, I'll peel them with a knife because they've just been roasted in a bed of salt wrapped in foil. And they've been in since 8.30 and it's now midday. Just after mm-hmm. mid, just before one o'clock, so they're very slowly roasted. They're really big, though it must be said. Uh, so they'll get peeled, and then I'll portion it out into sort of wedges, if you like, and then I'll just pan fry the wedges on one side, and it gets served with a whole lot of other palaver. But that is a real. We have discussed that before. And that is a yeah. really nice little entree, yeah. little sort of side. It is yeah, it could really be a side. It's a nice one. Really I'm different. Using it as an entree tonight. So it's with, um, I've got some curry oil, yogurt, uh, some crushed toasted cashews, pepitas, and almonds with some coriander seed in it. Uh, a very small, scant little teaspoon of, uh, I've got quite a zesty sort of mango, lime chutney, um, some fried curry leaves, and a bit of coriander oil. Wow, and how do you make curry oil? Curry oil? Do you make it yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you're making any, when you want to make any sort of infused oil, and especially with a spice mix, um, so I'm not talking about fresh herb oils, like a, in the scenario, a curry oil, um, the trick is to not get the oil too hot. So it's essentially oil and curry powder, and you heat it to 70 degrees, and that's it. And then I strain off the solids through a cheesecloth and I have curry oil. Do you use just a prepared curry powder? No, I make my own mix. I was gonna say. Yeah. So that's But you could. So yeah, but, yeah, but you Absolutely. you yeah. make your own mix. Do you do you put that into a fry pan and uh, or a pan and cook the spices first to release some flavour or do you just put them in with the oil and heat the whole lot together? Um, no, so I'll make a curry powder first and that will be just dry spices that haven't been toasted Mm -hmm. and then they get put into a little coffee grinder and blended or you can buy powdered spices already so coriander you know the regular army coriander cumin turmeric a little bit of chili can't remember what i put in there garam masala like it's a curry mix and you can just buy curry powder if you want there's various versions of it um and then i'll heat oil add a couple of tablespoons of that to i don't know 50 ml of oil I don't know. I can't remember the quantities. I'll just do it by feel. And then just make sure the oil's not too hot because if it's too hot, you'll burn it. And it yeah. And then I mix that through um, some yogurt, which I've hung overnight. So it's kind of this thick yogurty sort of dressing. And I put a tiny bit of um, mayonnaise through that as well. 
just to give it a... Wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's... I know. I've had it and it is amazing. No, but you haven't actually, had this version. I haven't I've I? Sort of, I keep adding things to it because I oh. kind of... It's one of those ones, the dish itself started off as something pretty basic just for a vegetarian and then it's now become something which I kind of think is worthwhile for anyone especially with like sounds amazing root what vegetables you... and stuff coming yeah. in now so yeah. well this is time to to really try and experiment with these yeah see what you can do because they do, do some soups i must say just walking around the the kitchen outside it has smelled really lovely i keep it coming smells in. like winter it does. it does. I, I kept yeah. coming in. What are you doing now? And you're like, stock, <laughs> celery. Yeah, but you get sucked in by the, because I'm doing a roast chicken stock. You get sucked in by the oh, roast chicken. It smells amazing. Yeah. Well, so, thank you. No thank worries. you for that. And so happy uh, soup, soup cooking. Yes, make your soup and uh, maybe send in, if you try celery soup, tell us what you think. Or maybe yeah. try the roast pumpkin one. Yeah, roast pumpkin's a good one. Even you if you just, just, you just grab, your, grab a whole pumpkin. And just stick it in the oven and roast it until a knife goes all the way through it super super easily. Don't peel it until after. And put oil. I think we had that podcast where yeah. we talked about putting oil around the outside. Yeah, you don't need to do Save the herbs. Just Save the herbs. Put a bit of oil. Put a bit of oil on just to attract the, the heat. And five hours in the oven. Well, I don't know if it's five, five hours. hours, but well, depending on the size of the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. And if you've and got a combi steam oven, of course, it'll be a little bit quicker. And the temp. Um, depending on what you're doing, anywhere between sort of 140 and 160. 160 is getting a bit high, but 140, 150. Okay. And you just there let you your oven go. And that's... Same with the celery axe? Celery axe, sweet potatoes, any sort of those big heavy duty root vegetables. You can do beetroot like that. Mm, I love beetroot. And if you want to like get a bit more heat through them, like these are really big, right? These are a small football. They are huge. Yeah, they're huge. Um, so I wrap these in. Generally, I wouldn't wrap them in foil, but I wrap these in foil because I wanted a little bit more of the steam to help cook it a little bit quicker. So you can wrap it in foil if, if you want to. On a bed of salt is always good because any of that moisture that comes out will get sucked up by the salt and it's not adding heaps of humidity to the oven, even if you are doing combi steam. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but it also does penetrate, depending on what you're cooking, it does penetrate a little so it sort of seasons as it cooks or you can make a salt crust uh-huh. which is like a bread dough really salty yeah. bread dough and you can actually encase vegetables in a salt crust you throw the salt crust away it's a lot of effort but yeah you can do it well thank you yeah there's multiple ways lovely well thank you for that and happy cooking everybody happy and cooking. until next time take care bye bye thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world We'd love you to subscribe, and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.